Let's start up a show. Podcast. Well, I Listening to Podcast 74, Fangamer News. <laughs> Theme song. That, that was- Can we do that, yeah. actually, Ben? Can we do, like, a Mega64 tribute intro? Yeah, that was oh, it. Good. Okay. Welcome back to Fangamer Podcast. We're doing Game Club this week. Derek has come back. I'm back. He's a couple chapters further into the game. Liz, <laughs> Liz is here. How far did you make it? Uh, chapter one. Okay. All right. Ben, oh, no. end of, how far did you make it, buddy? I'm to chapter five. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. wow. This is going to be hustled. a really interesting discussion. I, I'm happy to say that I did finish it, but I did have uh, Jen helping me, and whenever I got frustrated and didn't want to play, I would hand it off to her. So, uh, yeah, I had a gaming secretary, which is great. But anyway, before we get into Paper Mario and that, let's talk about some stuff from last week's show on Vaporware. Uh, surprisingly, Liz, your show really kindled the, the feedback spirit of our audience. We it was gotten, a great topic. I don't know why you're surprised. We, well, I don't think we've ever gotten so many different like responses from people. So first up, iTunes review straight up. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, pretty rad show, guys. From H- Holy Zion, is, is that Ben? Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's absolutely me. Maybe it's Brian. The Zion. Yeah, Shadow thing? Zion. Aww. Thanks. <laughs> He's the only person. Thanks, ever Brian. That. Or it's if, a spirit animal. If you're not Brian, whoever you are, we think you're pretty rad too. And send mm-hmm. us more reviews on iTunes. We like that. Do it again. Do it twice. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it'll let you, but you could try anyway. But we got an email from, we talked about Seek Tag last week, which is a Earthbound fan game, very old, almost 10 years old, that it it takes takes for Derek here, who's like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, You take the sprites and the map from Onet, and you've got, you know, Ness and Paula, and they shoot PK fire at each other, and that's like tagging each other, and it's just a a game of tag. That's all Seek Tag was? That's all it was. Or the Earthbound sprites. But it's it was so multiplayer good. online back like in <laughs> two thousand. Yeah, that was wow. that was a pretty big deal back then. But the maker of it, uh Spanoff, he, he left us a reply in the forum thread and he sent me an email talking about the cool stuff that he does. Um I, I won't like name off the well, I mean it's a public website, right? I mean that's out there in the world. He's not gonna get mad if we say it, right? Uh well yeah we didn't say his real name so I think yeah. it's fair to say that he's yeah. employed so he somewhere works for this like research laboratory in Canada mm. <laughs> uh, this biomotionlab.ca and they have these cool like online demos where like they do motion motion capture and these little like projects where you try and figure out okay is this a lady who's walking in mocap or is this a dude are they heavy are they light and um anyway it's just a really I don't know like how do you get a job just messing around with mocap all day I want to know. Be fun. They should put the wireframe model for the pyro from TF2 in there and let people figure out the gender. Which which Team Fortress 2 guy you're messing around with. Yeah. Um, so we it would also- be really easy to tell who's who because their skeletons are all ridiculous. Another fault we got from last week's show was we were talking about Banjo-Kazooie and how the sequel to it, Banjo-Tooie had, had toted the idea that you'd be able to pop and swap you'd be able to take the... <laughs> to pop and lock. Pop and lock. Pop and lock, yeah. Take the, the original game... Uh, somehow, like, pull that out and put the new one in, or 
or some combo of the two where you could get files, certain data from your original game and copy it over to the sequel. And I, we had commented on how come they couldn't have thought of a better way to do it. In, uh, well, Lorenzo... I thought Banjo-Tooie was originally going to be an N64DD title, so it was going to be a, a, a disc. Right. Yeah, I be- I'd be willing to believe that. That was right. But we had Lorenzo Sama send us a, send a PM talking about that it was most likely because there really wasn't the architecture to do it any other way and that the only place to store that was on the N64, but the reason they didn't do it was because instead of the 10 seconds they thought someone was going to get, they'd only get one second to do it. <laughs> so they were like, ah, it's probably not a good idea. That's some Indiana Jones-level like <laughs> coordination. <laughs> Through sandbag the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we also talked about doing a, an idea for a, an upcoming show of uh, fan game projects where... Uh, talking about some of the other more notable games out there that people have tried to do fan games of. And one of our listeners, Rune Devros, has his own fan project that he works on, which is really cool. We'll have to put it in the show notes. But, um, Ben, I, when I was reading it, is this this game that you're familiar with, the one that it's originally based on? Toho? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a series of Danmaku bullet hell shooters from Japan. And he made this fan game out of it. That's like a strategy RPG, yeah, and it's really cool, sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. But he was saying how much he learned in the process of making his own game, and it's just nice because I remember back in like early two thousand in the Starman days when everybody was starting their own fan game of, oh man, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be the next, you know, <laughs> Chrono Trigger. And I'm making all myself, and you can be on my team. I need voice actors. I need people to do this, and they never. <laughs> I need know, programmers. I need was programmers. always the call, and they never went anywhere. And uh, so it's yeah. nice to see that people are making a little more progress in those things. But um, I think things are easier nowadays, aren't they? The programs are programmers. easier to use. Right. And then, came, then along came RPG Maker 2000. Yeah. Well, yeah there's a lot more um, like social programming kind of sites. There's like a, it's easier to get organized online, like tools yeah. you can use and share. Before, it was just like forum posts and emails and things. And so. especially now that any sucker can make like $50,000 on Kickstarter. Like, <laughs> now there's no excuse not to make a terrible game. Yeah, why not, right? <laughs> uh, but anyway... That's cynical, jeez. Yeah. So we're thinking about doing Someone a show on, on uh, <laughs> fan games in the near future, so uh, we might have Monda talk about that with us, but... Uh, so yeah, we appreciate the feedback. More more stuff from people. We need more tweets, more emails to podcast at fangamer dot com. Or voicemails. Or voicemails. That's Guess what true. our phone number is. You want to leave us a voicemail? Call us on your cellular phone at five oh three four four six cast. Like podcast, but just the end of it. Or if you don't know how to do like spell things out on your phone, it's five oh three four four six two two seven eight. Could we not get five oh three podcast? Um, I tried getting any iteration of almost any word, <laughs> and this is about the closest I could get to a word that had any relevancy. I tried Corgi. I tried Fanga. That should have been it. Just Gamer. Who just, took Corgi? And, I, and then I changed, like, area codes to see if that No, no. After, like, 45 minutes of trying to get something, I gave up. Why didn't you do a 503 Ben's house? <laughs> Anytime you get beyond like four of anything, the likelihood of getting it goes down to like zero percent almost. So mm. it's just how Skype worked. Anyway, leave us a voicemail. We'll talk about it on the show or we'll play on the show, that sort of thing. Let's talk about what people have been up to. First, let's talk about Ben and his mighty trip back to mighty New York. Trip. 
What did you do in New York, Ben? To New York City, they uh, this past weekend, or I guess last weekend for you guys, uh, they held Blip Festival, which is a three-day chip music event, which is really, I guess, the biggest chip event in the world. This is so excited to hear about this. I'm oh sorry. my god, so I'm having a so coronary. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, three whole days of incredible, incredible chip music, and... I don't really know what else to say about it other than Starscream is the best and everyone who played is the best. <laughs> so wait, did and they it, actually headline one of the nights or were they just one of the acts? That they were just one of the acts. Like there wasn't really a headline spot, but like if you looked at the schedule, there was like Every one certain was... time at 11. It was like Anamanaguchi one night, Bit Shifter the other night, and Null Sleep okay, the other night. So, so it was, was like, okay, was 11 o'clock is the, the headlining time. So was but... there any like uh, new artists that you hadn't heard of that you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm doing this <gasps> stuff? Plenty. Um, can remember. First was uh, Talk to Animals, who, oh, yeah. for all intents and purposes, probably isn't all that good if you're not <laughs> seeing her live. But, like, I don't know. She's just, like, scream rapping. And oh, she's I love scream rap. And scream rap. Huh? What is scream rapping? It's where you're you're rapping, but you're yelling just so loud. Like, you're my so name angry. is Kid Rock. Or whatever, Kid Rock. Oh, like, like yelling, punk, biatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Death grips. Like death grips. That's okay, yeah. That's what it <laughs> that's is. That's a that's a thing. Oh, yeah. de- death grips is an amazing thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's I, topic. I guess if getting hyphy could be a thing. I, I, I guess you kind of look at it like if it's metal it. and hip hop came together, or I guess that kind of aggressive punk metal. Yeah, raspy yeah, very voice. aggressive punk is how to describe it. Apparently, the girl is any kind of recording kid's girlfriend or something. So that makes a little more sense that her music's so ridiculous. But it's really good. And really digging it until the end when she poured alcohol over me. And then after that... Um, like, a, like in a rap video, they poured a 50 out on you? Well, it was like a bottle of champagne she popped open. And wow. I just happened to be in the trajectory. So it was classy. It wasn't like a, yeah. a old yeah. year or something. It was champagne. I yeah. don't know why uh, that isn't the peakier night. Because that sounds awesome. No, it was, like, that's like, you know, like I'm never gonna wash this shirt ever again. Oh my god! <laughs> you could have walked up on stage and be like, "Now you gotta clean this up, girl." <laughs> that's how Ben do. Wait, so Ben, did you jump up on stage and do any stage diving like everyone um, else I saw? I didn't do any stage diving, but I did jump up on stage later on for another guy I hadn't like heard any of his music before, who's really good, named Citrix, who's I gotta say a big name in the chip scene. He um. Uh, he created something called the Guitari 2600, I where he made that. like a guitar out of an Atari, like two effects pedals and like a joystick. Really? And it was probably like, the coolest thing that happened aside from like my. Yeah, guitar. it was huge. It looks and like how do you play guitar and then have? It's the, not really the, a guitar though. It's just oh, so there weren't strings on it. It was just a it's thing. It's in the shape of a Atari. It's in the shape of a guitar. Mm-hmm. But it's an Atari. And I imagine the Atari is the body, and yeah. the strings and the pickups are like you got you got it, man. The strings would be the two effects pedals. Oh, okay. So he he would manipulate the sound with the uh, yeah. joystick. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see that. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of cool. Well, the uh, two player guys are there, and they actually recorded a bunch of it, and they said they were going to make a couple videos. I don't know which ones they were actually going to make in the stuff, but. That's I saw this stuff the other day. It was pretty cool. So overall, Ben, Blipfest, amazing, right? Uh, just one of the craziest times, really. You going next year? Absolutely. Like if any of you guys have like the chance to ever see like Bit Shifter or Starscream or 
any any chip act live really go to it unless you're liz because it's some of the craziest stuff in the world and it's a really good time me Mwah. to be called out on my <laughs> show <laughs> um, so okay good times derek what have you been up to man it's been two weeks since we talked to you um, I just recently put out a video. Uh, I did my review for uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. It ended up being a script that was far more difficult to write than I thought it was going to be. Because I acknowledge that Mystic Quest, for people who don't know, um, was Square's attempt at like a beginner RPG. Their attempt uh, at Paper Mario. It is uh, <laughs> very... I would, I would say that uh, imagine, imagine like Super Mario RPG and how kind of fun and quirky and simple that game is. And then imagine it kind of not quite as fun though mystic quest is a game you really need to be in the mood for it is a good game but it was really hard to write that script where i was constantly saying but this game actually isn't good like the the critic in me was saying this is a horrible game but the gamer in me was saying this is a lot of fun to play i I, I worked really hard on the script i think i did a pretty good job of trying to sell the game but again i i I pride myself in my reviews as as being honest with my viewers and saying there are problems with this game and so i i uh I uh, talked a lot about, um, historically, though, how I think Mystic Quest is actually a pretty important RPG and that it was a huge failure for Square. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I have been really, really busy with a lot of other things, a lot of like work stuff, and that's not at all interesting. I Very had a question, though. I don't stuff. want to interrupt you, though. But I was, I was wondering, you're talking about like having to not want to be too harsh on the game. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you... So when you go to choose which games to... How do you choose then? Because obviously some games you know, I would think going into it, this is going to be a little more difficult, right? Because I know Mystic Quest from personal experience. That's a... Whew, I don't know. I'm not sure how you got through that. Um, well, I really like the game. I actually do like the game. Okay. But it, it, it kind of comes down to like why I wouldn't ever review Chrono Trigger. It's not that I don't like the game. I have nothing to say about it. Mm-hmm. Like I play Chrono Trigger That's and fair. I can't... I can't imagine anyone's going to watch my Chrono Trigger review and go, yeah! Like, I'm sure somebody has already said everything that needs to be said about Yeah, it. what would you bring to the table? Yeah, and... Um, That's a fair point. That's a lot of people like to argue that, well, then why did you do Earthbound? And I really don't have a good... I really don't have a good <laughs> You get I one just, and then no more. Yeah, I, well, I, I ain't going to lie. I like Earthbound more than I like Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger is an excellent, excellent game, That's but fine. it's not, not my favorite RPG by a long time. You, you already I, did as much justice to it as you could. Earthbound's got its fair share of detractors, though, but Chrono Trigger, like, no one has ever said anything no, bad it's, about it's Chrono Trigger. Outside of the Starman community, there's not a lot of talk of Earthbound. Yeah. That's, that's um, very and true. And I think, like, everyone knows Chrono Trigger, and even Chrono Trigger's being re-released once again on, like, uh, Virtual Console and PSN and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and then PSP, I heard, uh, which is kind of a waste of time unless you can get it digitally. Yeah. Um, but I, I really think, like, everyone, you can go to any blog, any any review site and chances are there's just tons and tons of information about uh chrono trigger you find information yeah. about earthbound it's usually like these crazy kids at starman.net are doing <laughs> every stuff. time it's, yeah. it's i really don't i people say that earthbound is the most overrated underrated game and that might be true but it is still underrated i think and that's why i did a review on that but as I guess to answer Garrett's question, I, I just play a game, and if, if it's if I think it's good and I have something that to say about it, then I then I review it. If I really feel like I have a point to make, you can actually make a unique commentary on it. And I started Mystic Quest, and I had a hard time finishing that script. I guess I it, it was I, I, for the longest time the script really was me just saying I, I, I it's not it's not a good game, but I like it, and I just was never really happy with that. <laughs> that was like kind of how how we used to end it, and then I. 
I did a lot of writing and found what I thought is a good a good defense of the game, okay. while still admitting that it is it is very easy and can be boring and is super simple. But sometimes I don't want to play a 100-hour masterpiece. Mm. Sometimes I do just want to play a 10-hour RPG with no difficulty. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. 10 hours sounds pretty good now. They're coming yeah. to Paper Mario, guys, isn't it? Yeah, we'll get on to that in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. 10 hours would have pro- been nice. prologue is 10 hours. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> oh, God. Liz, how you doing? Santa you Liz. know, doing all right. Rocking my... You want to talk about the email you got this week? I did. I have a couple. Of, I got a couple of albums this week that I can rap about. Well, with you the got kids. a very specific email from my favorite. Well, not want to say my favorite. I can't. They're all my favorite <laughs> listeners. It's like trying to pick a favorite corgi. Yeah. Butzakoy sent me an email as a. I suppose he sent it to the collective. It really is just to. But me. it was really just to you. Wanting to know what I thought of Lady Gaga's new album, Born This Way, and I will have you know, I was sitting in class and I remembered. That Born This Way was coming out that day, and so I left, because I had to go home and download it. <laughs> you left class. <laughs> yeah. Not, I was like, to I gotta it. go. You could have downloaded it later. Couldn't you download it in class? You have internet there, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. The button to complete your album for cheaper on iTunes, for some reason, isn't available in, like, the uh, iPad or iTunes. Or, I mean, the iPod. Oh, because you already had some of it. So I had to You wanted to save that home. extra three bucks? It turns out I didn't actually save it because the singles were spliced up anyway. They kind of screwed me on that. But having said that, I am enjoying uh, Born This Way quite a bit. And I would say there's some there's some good jams on that. And without some boring gems. people, I find Lady Gaga very inspiring in a way that I guess Ben finds chiptunes inspiring. So it takes all kinds. Like, I know that... Yeah, different strokes. Yeah, different strokes. I know there's a lot of like Lady Gaga haters. Lady Gaga to, like, Madonna. Like yeah. That. Well, People you found and everybody her else. inspiring like yeah. that. Yeah, I just know when I when I had a job where I had to listen to the radio a lot, I actually I genuinely enjoyed when Poker Face came on because oh. I actually kind of liked that song. Yeah, mm-hmm. Poker Face that, is a phenomenal song. That 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 is a very very good pop song, and mm. it, it took me a couple of a couple of months of hearing it four times a day before I actually got tired of it. But I did get tired of it. Yeah, first, yeah. That's, that's I, how pop I've music is. Some of them, yeah. That's yeah. the problem. I was say, like, it's good, but at PAX, whatever that dance booth that was in front of us that was just playing <laughs> Poker Face nonstop. Yeah. That I think that booth might have been just generally irritating, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it gives so, Lady yeah. Gaga a bad name. That's true. But I loved the album. I'm really enjoying it. I'm still uh, still trying to get through all the different tracks and really let them... Um, let them all sink in. But at the same time, uh, I think last week, Lonely Island also put out their new album, Turtle Neck and Chain. And oh, so oh, I have been going back between Born This Way and Turtle Neck and Chain, which if you don't know Lonely Island, they're um, Andy Samberg and Jorma and Keeve. I don't remember their last name. It's probably but, safe to say you do know Lonely Island. You yeah, might just yeah. not realize it. <laughs> yeah, if you've seen any digital short on Saturday Night Live, that is Lonely Island. They write all the music for those. They're like they've been on a boat. They just had sex. They've done all of those things. Just in their pants. They just in their pants. That's doing true. it right now. So they they do dick, in a, dick in a Box was the first big one, wasn't it? That was the um, one that kind of started it. I think so. Actually, their yeah. Lazy Sunday was the first big one. Uh, Lazy Sunday was the video that launched YouTube, basically. Like back in 2006 right. or something, yeah. Lazy Sunday was a digital short on SNL, and that that thing blew up. Everybody got on YouTube and said, "I have to watch this and hear this song over and over and over." 
And that, that was, was like the, the primary... Chronicles of Narnia, right? That yeah, was the, the Chronicle, the Chronicles of, Narnia. of Narnia. Yeah. 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 yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> and there was like, that's crazy how that was YouTube. And now it's all that stuff is ubiquitous. But uh, Turtleneck and Chain is a fantastic album with lots of lots of cool celebrities like Snoop Dogg and Michael Bolton. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Uh, Bolton, Bolton Akon. kills that song. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Bolton's fantastic on yeah. that album. Really good. Oh. If you ever want to hear... Is he just in that one song, or is he also oh, another track? Just, just the one. If okay. you ever want to hear Michael Bolton quote Scarface, it's <laughs> basically the one place you're going to get to hear it. There's tracks with Rihanna on there. The whole thing is just so, wait, so well done. Are, you're, are, I almost feel like this saturates Lonely Island to a point now where I really thought they were fun at the beginning, and now I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Alone, You're over on it. Lonely Island out after the. You're over the, it. Two hours. You know what it was? It was Michael Bolton and Jack Sparrow that did it for me. I was like, oh, I just had sex. That's such a fun song. Woo! And then Jack, I was like, no, it's, we're, that was it. That was the really? limit. The tank is full. Wow. That's that Matt's point. favorite song. When I heard the Michael Bolton track, I was like, all right, I'm back on board. These guys. <laughs> guys <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. back. That was genius song. Uh, they know. have a new song actually that um. Called No Homo, which I know there was a podcast <laughs> where we used that expression. There was a convention where probably we used beyond its limits, but uh, yeah. yeah, there was a whole convention. But No Liz, Homo, Liz, is I fan- love you, but No Homo, No Homo, yeah, <laughs> just No Homo. I kind of like your natural scent is one of my favorite lyrics in there, and No Homo. I really like the way that your shirt filled out those shoulders. And it's a tough style, but you pull it off. Also, we should watch this gay porno tape. No homo. <laughs> it's progressively more uh, awesome. Yeah. Is it kind of like the uh, the like a boss just gets more and more outrageously weird? There's a couple to... songs like that. Okay. That are similar to uh, like a boss, but yeah, really good album. So if if I may well, make lo- musical recommendations for the week, <laughs> which well. you'll never see me do again, I would. Well, Lonely definitely... Island is a is a strange is a strange record because it got nominated for a Grammy for best rap, either song or album, when it was clearly a parody, when it should have gotten yeah. a comedy, but it actually got like rap, uh, oh, a yeah. Grammy nomination, which the actually type- speaks volumes for their ability to make these songs and how crappy pop music has gotten. Yeah. yeah. The the title track is called on, um, or not the title track, but the first track on the new album is called We're Back, and uh, it's them talking about being Grammy-nominated artists, and so they have to work really hard to bust out the best jams, and it's just a song about <laughs> dick trauma. <laughs> Weird, gross things. Oh. And they're like, we're Grammy-nominated! We're better than this! Show what you got! Which is a joke. They should not have gotten a Grammy nomination. <laughs> no. But I mean, like, South Park was nominated for an Oscar for Best Song, so things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, for me, this week, I have been playing... I, I tried putting it off because of Paper Mario, but I picked up L.A. Noir. This isn't a oh. game show, Garrett. What are you talking about? I this picked up L.A. Noir. Well, it's, it's less like a game and more like a, a movie. <laughs> <laughs> to be mm. honest. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yes. I don't know. Uh, oh, yes. Like, I, I think so. I really have been enjoying it because it's the kind of game I've wanted to play for a long time. It's this detective mystery, solving it and walking around environments. It's taking the Grand Theft Auto framework and giving it a little more purpose. You don't get to randomly run people over in your cars, but uh, you know you do get to shoot people who are trying to rob people and things like that. So there's still some aspects to it, but the 
I don't know. It's got movie and you know cinema quality. Like the entire cast of Mad Men apparently was in this game so far. Like I've seen almost John everyone. I haven't seen John Hamm yet, but almost everyone else is in there like, so far. <laughs> you can't see, but Liz is is grumping big time. Doesn't mean that he isn't. He might. I don't know. I haven't got that far in yet. I've only played you know probably what? six or You know what John Hamm's been in? Lonely Island Digital Shorts. So, oh no. As a greased also, up saxophone playing man. Also in my fantasies, no homo. <laughs> no homo. <but laughs> he no homo, but he is a good a looking man. Looking. I'll be mm. honest. Mm. Ridiculous. <laughs> but no, he's not. I'd in go to there. a blip concert with him. <laughs> <laughs> I would get up on stage and be like, beep boop, beep boop. He would have champagne poured on top of you yes. for John Hamm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would play LSDJ but- with him. <laughs> Interpret that however you choose. <laughs> Uh, that that's the quote of the show. I would play LCDJ. I think that's a good note to end uh, the segment on. Here. Yeah, we should just end the show right there. Yep. Yeah, Super Mario, dumb game. Bye. <laughs> Actually, I, I, if if we are going to move on, yeah. I do have one thing I need to throw in here. Do it. It, it is a mess. It, it's it's a comment. It's a it's a message. Okay. Uh, from <laughs> from Calvin. Oh, Calvin. Calvin. Uh, it, does it involve the F word in our podcast? Said, I wrote this down. Okay. Oh, Calvin is my musical cohort, uh, and uh, he has not been on this podcast. He's and I'll, and here's the, his reason why he says, "quote I don't know Billy Goats about video games, but I like the podcast and I would like to be on it." Good. <laughs> I really yeah. got the opposite sentiment when you guys cursed us out in your last podcast. <laughs> um, hey, 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 everyone. Um, this is um, uh, what's what's the what's number? The number Th- thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Okay, of, thirty-nine um, podcast. Podcast, amazing. <sighs> That's a bad title. Um. I'm Calvin. Hey, how you did? How you? Um, I'm Derek. Wait, 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 wait. This ain't right. Yeah. What? What was this? The fan gamer podcast? Yeah. Dad, yeah. Get money. Get, get. This is episode thirty nine of Podcast Amazing. Oh, my name is Calvin. My name is Derek. How you, <laughs> how you doing? What? what? Clack 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 clack. Listen, clack clack clack. Bow bow bow. <laughs> yeah. I, I, what'd you guys think of that i laughed really hard I thought it was calvin hilarious. threw in the uh the gun sound effects <laughs> yeah i was like <laughs> I, I i we've had a couple of moments where we're both really proud of our podcast <laughs> that was i think the, that was like you best, murdered like, our podcast moment is when we we actually <laughs> called you guys out and shot you on our podcast <laughs> <laughs> ben, can you add in like some chainsaw noises of us cutting up their podcast? Yeah, just be like, brah, Starship Amazing, what you got, what you got, brah, brah! I got another piece. Gotta go, what? Yeah. Clack, 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 bow, bow, bow. All you gotta do, <laughs> and just put in gun sound effects for that. When we do our uh, our, our talk show, we'll have to just have Calvin on. And just, because yeah. we, I just always want to do a show where no topic this week, let's just... Whatever. Yeah, and Calvin is the kind of guy who can just <laughs> so make erudite. It. Calvin's the other day said uh, something about it. He's yeah, I don't know Billy Goats about that. I was like, what <laughs> the like something what my grandma would have said. said. And I, I I searched it up on on uh on Google, but no, I don't think anybody has ever used Billy Goats. Yeah, in, in that context, That's people before. born in the thirties. And I, yet, I want to say it's self-explanatory, though. It is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't because know. Billy Goats about is Billy such Goats. a uh, a mundane thing that. It, no it makes sense, did. but I don't know that it's ever been spoken or documented by another human being before. And yeah. that's Calvin. He's secretly a grandma. It's, it's sort of like a splash that dog sort of statement. No, don't don't splash the dog. Sometimes you gotta do it. No, you don't. Sometimes it's something you have to do. Oh, Ben, did you want to argue about death grips? Because I know you said you weren't. Oh, have, have you come around on it? I, it 
It's never that I wanted to argue. It's always that I wanted to further understand why I'm not sure if I hate it or whether or not I really appreciate it for being as yeah. hard and raw as it is. I'm not you sure if you, if you listen to I, I I talked to to you a bit on our last podcast. Directly saying to that trap guillotine. To everything you want, everything what we got it. We'll knock them, get us to get in that hole and watch me drop this cold guillotine. The sentence. Yeah. It goes, 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 guillotine. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, but to me that was the deciding factor. Listen to that song probably about five to ten times, and it finally clicked. This is brilliant, but you know it's not for everyone. I'll put a clip of it in, and everyone will hate it. I'm sure. Yeah. But. Speaking of podcasts that Ben gets called out on, I hear him getting called out on Kiss and Tell like every other podcast. Wait, what? Thanks what to that? Ben like for Savage sending World? in this 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 fan picture. Thanks to Ben for blah 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 blah. Wait, what? Because I've been trying to catch up on there because I really enjoy Mare's Kiss and Tell cast. Yeah, and I've listened to it, and there's like at least three different casts where I'm like, they say, "Oh, and thanks to Ben," and then they try and pronounce your last name for a couple oh, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Like, there was one where I drew fan art based off of the movie Ping Pong. Yeah, and then like I helped them get secrets one week, but like you got called out. You no, said? you. I'm saying oh. you getting called well, yeah, out yeah, yeah, on yeah. there. Yeah, you. I don't know. I like those guys, and I like to help them out. They're cool bros. Go listen yes. to their podcast. It's a fun podcast. Ben, can yes. I ask you a question? What's that? Did you watch Legend of Galactic Heroes yet? Yes! I have watched, like, four episodes of Legend of Galactic Heroes so far, which is not enough episodes. No, there's 110. I know. Whoa! Oh, I think Calvin was telling me about this one, and he said he was really good. It's so good. This is the pretty boy one? He's making making a record right now, and he's going to call it My Conquest is the the Sea of Stars (laughs) because of that, yeah. Yes! And and he wants to have a song title called I will destroy all civilized planets in the universe. Something akin to that. But yeah, yeah. Calvin was geeking out about it too. Yeah. Oh. Which means it's probably really dumb, and only dumb people uh, <laughs> it's watch so, it. You're right, Derek. So I think you're right. Good. Yeah, Garrett, it's the wire in space. Oh. With beautiful men. With beautiful men. With, I don't beautiful know about the beautiful men. No homo, no, but no, I don't no, know about no, the beautiful men part. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. They're so beautiful. <laughs> There's stars in Ben's eyes right now. <laughs> you can't even so see him, but yeah, it's like. Ooh, we'd be wiggling in both those eyes. <laughs> ben, how many, how many of the men on that show would you glow? Oh my god, like, at <laughs> least... Just don't ever do that again. Okay. So wait, that's a thing when you, like, run up to someone and, like, yeah, hug them cool. like you're trying to squeeze them to death? That's a glomp? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's it's a, really like, a it's been banned at a lot of anime conventions. You it can't has. You can't do it's it. It's like sexual harassment, really. It, but. Pretty much. I think it's that, and also when larger people get up to the glomping velocity, ribs can get broken <laughs> by both parties. It's a matter of public safety. It is yeah. a matter of public safety. It's like getting hit by a freight train. <laughs> uh, all right. Should we take a break? Grab some beers yeah. and talk about Paper Mario? I don't yeah. know if it's good to get okay. another beer, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Let's take a break. Paper Mario coming up shortly after these words from our segment sponsors. Go. Bow, bow, bow. Some songs have been remixed to death. Most memorable Chrono Trigger tracks have that distinction, in fact. But that doesn't mean people should stop doing it. If you're a remixer, then it's probably a good idea to get some practice on the old favorites first before tackling unexplored territory. That way you have a standard to measure yourself up against. How does your version compare to the existing material? Does the sound quality compare? 
Is it as catchy as their existing version? And most importantly, has it added anything new? How does this new version of the old song stand out? Because if we wanted the old one, we would have just gotten that one. It's tempting to look at a new remix and say, Oh boy, it's Terra's theme again. Why even bother? I think we should give it a chance anyway. We should always be looking for new and interesting versions of those old melodies. I mean, if that wasn't our goal, then why are we listening to remixes in the first place? Why not just play from the original soundtrack? So let me introduce you to DJ RoboRob. He's a musician with his fingers dipped in chiptunes, remixes, electronica, and all sorts of beep-boop-bop sounds that somehow come together to make interesting noise. He will be playing a live show at Nerdapalooza in July, so if you like this arrangement of Chrono Trigger's Ocean Palace theme, then maybe you should start planning a trip to Orlando to see more of him. This is Wub Water Palace by DJ RoboRob.
Welcome to Fangamer News. I have just one person with me, but who else do you need? It's Reed Young. The best Reed Young. <laughs> I don't know that there's other Reed Youngs. I imagine there are, but they're well, not ours. Well, yeah, don't tell Reed Young about this. But I won't. It's I'm actually me and Reed Young. I'm actually friends with uh, another Reed Young on Facebook. He just added me randomly one day, and I oh, thought, really? oh, crap, I got hacked or something. But then it's just another random read. Young is like, "Hey man, how you doing?" I'm like, "Pretty good. How are you?" <laughs> so all reads are just extremely affable. Yeah, I guess this is how it goes, you know. So we have a uh, we have a couple things to discuss this week. One is again the fan fest. So uh, let's start that over. So last week when when we were talking about the fan fest, I almost interrupted John to say, I, "We're not sure about the date yet," but but I didn't have the guts. And now I don't get the glory. <laughs> you don't. You get the apology. John got to say the date, but then you're the one who has to reel it back. Right. So we, uh, I was thinking about it last week, actually right after the uh, broadcast. I was like, all right, guys, I think we need to move this back a week because this week is going to suck if we want to get the Span Fest going on Friday. Yeah. So uh, we did. We pushed it back a week. It is starting this coming Friday, which is June 3rd. And uh, it's going to be, it's its already turning out to be so much better than it would have been if we had launched this Friday. So That's good to hear. It, yeah. Like, it, God forbid it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was definitely a good choice. Um, part of the reason that I wanted to push it back is because I wanted to make sure we had plenty of time to uh, talk with some of the hosts who were uh, potentially going to be involved. And now we have confirmed that we're going to be, um, man, there's a ton of people. We got the... Uh, Derek Alexander from Starship Amazing and Happy Video Gamer. Love Derek Alexander. He was just on the podcast. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, John Brent, who uh, we kind of befriended at PAX because he works for Mana Potions. And they make these little you know, these little energy drinks. Oh, shaped yeah. Like. I'm Facebook friends with him, too. I know everybody. Yeah. I know what's yeah. uh, But he also works with uh, Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do SMBC Theater. And Is that what that stands for? Yeah, there you go. I See, a lot know. of people... But yeah, they, I mean, they get videos posted on um, College Humor and Funny or Die all the time. Um, and they're, they're really popular. And John's always wearing like a pipe ball shirt or some kind of, star, some kind of fan game or merchandise, which is really cool. Yeah. So anyway, he and the SMBC team are going to be broadcasting a point. Um, Proton John, who is a, 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 a getting there to be pretty famous uh, L-player on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ubsy guys are going to be broadcasting. They're always a blast. Uh, Ashley Davis, uh, who does the Once Upon a Pixel, and um, her husband, uh, the guy who does Hey Ash, What's Your Plan, mm-hmm. they're going to be there. And then uh, Joey Decina from Clan of the Grey Wolf, uh, he will be involved too. So it's we've got a pretty awesome lineup, and we're not even done adding people yet. Yeah, so. yeah we've only got, I'm looking at the schedule now, we got five points that have yet to be claimed, and, and, and there's, I, there's the, lots of people clamoring for them. Yeah, they're definitely going to go quick, so... Yeah. And uh, what else do we have planned for merchandise? Do we have any new reveals, or did we kind of get it all in this week? Or last week? Uh, let's see, did we... I can't remember... I think we probably talked about everything last week. Um, on Office Came yesterday, we just showed uh, most of the stuff, because a lot of it's in now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pipe mugs... Uh, like, the merchandise was only a small part of the reason we wanted to delay the fan fest itself. It was mostly logistics. Um, but it also gave us a little extra time to get the merchandise together. So the good news is we are shipping most of the merchandise when the fan fest starts. Uh, the bad news is I don't think the pipe mugs are going to make it in time. So those will be pre-ordered for like I'd imagine at least a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, that's but, fair. We got a we got a pretty good batting average for everything else, which is great yeah. for us. Yeah, exactly. But this is the first time we're going to launch a fan fest with stuff ready to go. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and even 
even considering how long it takes to make a mug, we started the mugs in January. So, it, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We're just in time with the mugs. Yeah. We'll <laughs> be before the end of the fan fest. Yeah, definitely. Which is a good start. What else do we have on my, my magic list? We have a little bit on the new site and a little bit on a Merchandise Bender by John. So, which do you want to tackle first? Uh, the new side, just real briefly, uh, it's come along great. Uh, I don't think it's going to be ready in time for the FanFest launch, but it's definitely going to launch during the FanFest. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. It. Yeah, the, we've, we've got all these things we've been wanting to do, but we keep saying, hold on, our site still sucks. We need to finish the new site before <laughs> yeah. we approach anybody about anything, because the, the current site is kind of embarrassing, to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of a bloggy story thing. Yeah, it's just kind of a... That thing. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, but yeah, in other news, John went on a bender this week and just, he literally designed like nine different shirts in the course of a week. Oh yeah, um, they're all, they're all good too. That's the, that's the sick thing about it. Yeah, it's, it's a little disturbing actually. Yeah. Um, and actually most of them are based on designs that he had already done like for a pin or for something that we never ended up actually using. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple of them just came out of thin air. He's like, I just decided to do this last night. It's like, dang, man, I wish I could design to, or I wish I could decide to build a car overnight, but it doesn't yeah. happen quick for me. Exactly. And we uh, have a poll of those up on Starman right now, right? For Fangamer Discussion. Yeah, you can just uh, click on Fangamer Discussion. There's a poll and you can actually, instead of picking a design, you can just check the ones you like, which is uh, a nice way to vote. So. Yeah, I'm actually I've got the poll up now, and the the runaway favorite is the runaway five shirt. <laughs> nice, good joke. There's also, <laughs> I, hmm? I was surprised. I I didn't expect it to do that well. I guess I'm just so used to the design, you know. No, I totally agree. I really uh, I like the frigate Orphean one a lot, and I also am a huge fan of the three Metal Gear ones. But yeah, the Runaway Five just took off. Yeah, I guess I, I'm I'm I wonder if maybe people just never saw the post, you know? Because yeah, it, it, it was just not. a post. So uh, uh, either that, or I think there's just a lot of people at Starman who are just huge fans of the Runaway Five. Can't blame them. Yeah, stylish guys. That's right, Blues Brothers. All right, so uh, we wrapped everything up pretty quick there. Anything else you wanted to cover? Uh. Got my shame covered, so we're in good shape. That's it. We got the shame. All right, we are good to go. (laughs) Hi, Fenna. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week or whenever. See you. Hi, I'm Triforce Mike from Nerdy Show and other stuff like comic books. But you're listening to Fangamer. These guys are pretty cool. I imagine it's just like 12 guys hanging out, playing video games. You know, maybe they get frisky. Maybe there's some touching. Who knows? Heavy petting? There's some girls on it, actually. Gay. Paper Mario, I want to say right now, before we start, Twink is the star of Paper Mario, I've decided. After finishing the entire game and seeing how he comes in at the end as the clutch savior, Twink is the best. They, really? I would play an offshoot of the game where it was just Twink's adventure. Now, Twink was the only time I gave a shit about the dialogue or story. He saves the game in the end. <laughs> does he like? Does he take a bullet for the princess? Because I didn't finish the game. Kind of. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. So at the very end of the game, he does. does he you, die? You're fighting Bowser. No, he doesn't die. He does better than that. He powers up into a real star by the princess wishing for him to be more powerful, oh, he and he slowly up? defeats. Um, 
uh, I forget her name, the little witch Koopa chick. Camp, uh, Shelly Kamina? Koopa no. or something like that. Oh. He, he beats her. Kamina? He beats her <laughs> senseless, and then he the powers up your star is. beam. Amina. <laughs> Obviously. So, uh, Twink, he'd be wiggling. He, he was great. And so, okay, but let's talk about something that's actually related to Paper Mario in a more specific way that we can all come in on. The charming nature of the game is something that I have found the first half to be lacking. And that, that's something that people in the forum that were saying, oh, it's so quaint and cute and it's really good. And Twink was the only thing I thought that, yeah, he was fun. Later on, though, I feel there are actually characters and, and moments and entire chapters where they actually take that same sort of, like, interesting characters and charming. Wiggling. And yeah, and actually and make good on that. So, uh, the chapter seven is pretty good. But before we get into stuff that I think I'll be the only one to probably speak to very much... <laughs> Um, my first yeah. question is, okay, um, this is just to give context to the audience. In your heart of hearts, what was the reason that you did not complete Paper Mario? Well, Liz, we'll start there because you were the furthest back. Yeah, yeah. In your heart of hearts, let's be honest here. In the heart of the cards? In the heart of the cards, why? What? Flip over the card. What does it say? You know, every time... I sat down to play it, I would just kind of want to have fun with it. And it just was objective, no, objective, I... objective. Like, I wouldn't, I'd get to the edge of a bridge and they'd be like, you need to go get the switch. So I'd have to go yeah. back to the wizard dude and be like, what? And then walk another five steps and then go back. And it was just so linear like I think last week I was saying I enjoyed the out of combat because the prologue combat was so boring but once the combat actually got interesting the game around it was Mm -hmm. I don't know and I felt like to just sit down and play it for a half hour was useless because in a half hour you wouldn't make any progress if you gave me a half hour with like Team Fortress 2 or Portal 2 or something I could do a lot and have a lot of fun in that half hour sit me down with Paper Mario and it's just like just like waiting for your bus stop to show up. Yeah. Like you're just waiting for something cool to happen. And it yeah, kinda... When does this game start? Yeah. Exactly. 10 hours in is uh, the point at which I would say fun is had in the intervals that you're talking about, Liz. That was my biggest problem as well is if I didn't have Jen helping me, I couldn't have probably played the game for more than half an hour to an hour at a time before I would get bored. And the combat doesn't honestly, in my opinion, get interesting until about 10 hours in. Then you have enough stuff happening that, like, the combat itself is actually fun. The boss fights are fun. All the badges, the system, changing up different enemies and matching your badges to complement that. And then the story in the chat actually gets better than two, which I think is really weird. I feel like the development of this game was focused so much on simplifying the combat that they knew they had something good with that system. But they didn't have a story that complemented the beginning of the game that got you to when the combat really hits that sweet spot. Which, Derek, I feel like your chapter five, you said? How far did you get? I, I, I look, I've been, uh, like Liz, I got very, very uh, tired of this game. Um, and it was just, it was really dragging on. So I used a lot of facts. I was, I actually had my last. I did a little bit too. I was using game facts. And I'm actually at the very end of chapter four about to finish up with the Shy Guys. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. The end of the, the, I just got my cohort that can see in the dark, the little flame Watt. girl. I like Watt, that yeah. guy. Or She's girl. cute. I like her. Does she have the pacifier? Yes. She does. Yeah. She's a raver. That's cool. Yeah. 
And uh, I, th I think shortly after that, the chapter ends, correct? Because I think there's a boss mm -hmm. fight right after that. Yeah, I, had just, yeah mm -hmm. I was just on the path to getting all of the uh, railroad back up. So I, I was, I, I got to that That's boss. That's a cool area. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I like, and I, um, I lost my train of thought. So we're, well, let's go Sorry. back to the question then. Sorry. So yeah. what, why, why did you not make it? Was it in your heart of hearts? Be truthful. Yeah, it, it was um, because too much of the game was a chore. And like I said last time, the game was constantly actively making me not want to play the game. I did not find the story at all interesting. None of the characters are interesting. I still was just skipping stuff. And that's why I had to have a fact open because I was skipping dialogue. Couldn't couldn't be bothered. And I would not know where to go. So yeah, I had to read I had that where problem to go next. Hmm. But um, it, it, the, the story never picks up for me. But the battle system does pick up for me. Uh, once I had uh, – the first thing I leveled up was all my badges. So before I even finished chapter three, I had 30, 30 oh, points. Oh, wow. You maxed them out. I maxed them out right wow. away. And so when I got to chapter four, like I tore through the shy guys because I was able to with my power, uh, with power strike and the extra with, with the extra badge that I got from using 25 star points, which I found out later you can you can actually get by defeating the, the dark shy guy. Um, but I was able to, able to take out do like eight points of damage. So seven or eight points of damage. I was able to kill a lot of creatures. Wow, you're able to do eight in, points in of damage hit. like yeah, that early to in the kill game. With one hit, and if I couldn't do that, I was able to rain. Um, I was able to make it rain stars on them. I was able to wipe <laughs> out everything. Make it rain. That's fun. I did, and it was. It actually became kind of fun, but but it, because it felt like I had cheated the game. Like I found a way yeah. to get ahead of myself. I feel there's a was, lot of opportunity for that in this game with the badges. And mm -hmm. I did really like that. It, it reminded me of the. Uh, not so much the materia system, but the relic system from Final Fantasy VI. Once you get far in Final Fantasy really? VI, you start getting a lot of really because you can. There's yeah, tons of relics. That's true. Probably more. Two, but you have like four people in your party. That's eight relics, and you can spread that around. And like before you know it, you have like this incredibly powerful uh, group of people. And then when you go at Kefka's castle, and at the very end, you have all these relics, and you have to build three different parties, and you're just like this unstoppable force. The only. And I felt that the badge system was was I, I really like the badge system, but it doesn't really like, like Garrett was saying. I think I didn't really get to having a good time until I got to the Forever Forest. About yeah. you know about ten hours in was when I started really understanding the badge system. Started really getting a lot of points, and I could really start experimenting with stuff. It has such a slow beginning, and it was it just felt like it was every single time I introduced something that I liked. It was introducing two or three things that were just boring. I didn't care about. Mm. Liz, what and I was also say? super busy. I was super busy all week too. That also, but yeah, I probably I would have made more That's time true. to play this game, but it really just did not. It didn't it was taking force you to. Time. Yeah. Yeah. What I was gonna say is that um, I think one thing Paper Mario with the badges did have kind of over Final Fantasy VI, if that were all possible, is um. <laughs> There were more legitimately good options for what you could do with the badges in Paper Mario. Like, there were lots of relics in um, Final Fantasy VI, but there were only so many really good combinations. Like, clearly you went Gembox Economizer on one of your casters, you went Genji Glove Offering on your attackers, and then you just, like, there were maybe two or three combinations that you used, and that was the best way to yeah, play the game. That's, prob that's but, probably fair to say. 
Yeah, but with Paper Mario, there were lots of different badges, and if you wanted yeah. to do like dumb sound effects badges, you had like stupid <laughs> yeah. options like that too. Yeah, I, th- I thought the badges were more unique than other. There's very you can uh, you can badges. really have you can play the game very differently, and that's yes, what if I was ever going to play it again, that would be the only thing that would get me through it. But I don't know that I could. But Ben, you made it the furthest of all of the other folks. How far did you make it? I made it to the beginning of chapter five. And the reason I didn't complete the game, simply enough, was Blipfest. Nice. But aside from that, like, I think my biggest complaint... What does it be play? If that was your reason, that's fair enough. You were gone all week. I mean, I I would have beaten it, but I don't think I would have enjoyed it very much if I would have beaten it. Mm -hmm. Mostly because of how slow this game is in general. I know, like, we've touched on that, but I mean, just how physically slow everything is. Mm -hmm. Like, this was talking about how everything was objective and, like how it was all linear but like i feel like they just had you do things that you didn't have to do they could have streamlined a lot to make it a lot quicker mm-hmm. for instance like i just did the toy box like the shy guy's toy box and <clears throat> like in order to actually navigate the stupid ass train like you had to like hit this button and then talk to the guy and then get in the train and like you had to wait for the little animation to pick up and then like wait for it to go across the screen and the dude to say something and then once you got off, you had to wait for him to say some message, and then you could leave again. When, like, I feel like you could have just gotten on the train, hit a button, and then went on your way. Yeah. Just general stuff like that. Like, it just reminds me of this conversation I had with uh, Sean Witt, illustration at uh, PAX East, about, like, how even, like, the best games of, like, older generations just suffer sort of with that problem. Pacing. Not being – pacing and just not being quite as streamlined as modern games. And I guess it's sort of spoiled us in a way. Well, see, this is an interesting point that I'm happy that I can make because when you get near the end of the game, I can speak to the people who have played it before, and the the pacing is far better. It is it is what mm-hmm. I and that's what I I can't I can't figure out because it's not so much that you have the whole battle system at your command that makes the pacing better. It's the volume of enemies you fight, the type of puzzles that you encounter, getting to use multiple abilities to um, proceed through the dungeon. And I think that a simple gameplay is fine. Having a uh, having simplistic gameplay and you slowly ramping the player up, that's great. I think that what you need to do is supplement the beginning of that game with the kind of polish of story that they had at the end of the game and, and flip-flop that. Because my favorite part of the game so far, and I think me and um, Lobo were... I think we had really similar sentiments with this game, was Chapter 7, in which you... Uh, go to the snow level and you encounter the penguin forests or the penguins and as soon as you arrive it's like a murder mystery the penguin mayor has been murdered literally I'm like oh he'll just be asleep and they're just like you murdered my husband and they're accusing Mario of having murdered the the mayor and so Mario has to like prove that he (laughs) that he didn't kill anyone and and go through and it's they're all the little characters are very witty and the dialogue is actually worth reading at this point and there's actually little fun interactions between characters i'm like what that, that is that is shocking to hear I, it is I, I, it, it kind I, of I, is and i've beaten the game before i don't remember that. and i was because no, i'll be here. honest i mean i was on the same boat as you guys with this at the very beginning that i'm like this is the worst game i hate this the very end of it is so charming, and chapter seven is uh, a gem in is in the, in the rough. It is the last chapter. The dungeon at it 
has pretty good music. The, the little puzzles are really cool. There's a good sentiment. Like, you actually get the feeling of this kind of desolate ice palace. The puzzles are, are actually not difficult, but they're, they take a little more to kind of figure out. They use this whole mirror mechanic where you're going in between this mirror. And the boss fights, again, that's one of the strong points of the game, could progressively get more interesting as you go along. So I almost feel like, they put the polish at the wrong spots in the game. The yeah. game mm-hmm. system was there. It was the, the the mechanic for fighting is awesome, but you needed yeah. to have charming quirkiness at the very beginning of the game. You needed the story. You needed something to fight for. Yeah, yeah. to give because who cares about Mario going for Peach for the thirtieth time? Like Jen was making the same point. She's like, I don't think I could have played through the beginning of this game because I just didn't care about them going for Mario. But near the end, there's. There's actually cute things happening and fun things. Uh, chapter 5 goes into the jungle and you go into the volcano. And that's another part where the actual story actually is somewhat interesting. The The dungeon is fun to proceed through. So the people in the forum thought were right. It, it is a game that gets much better as you go along. But to me, it the fact that too long I had to spend like, 10 hours to get, get to that. And I guess overall my sentiment for this game is I, I think I'm going to need more time to decide if I like this game or not. I'm going to need to think about it for longer because I literally finished it, it today. I will probably not be playing it again. <laughs> yeah. I can say that for sure. I could never get past the beginning. But I don't know. There is a lot there. and um, I, I would recommend you jump onto the GameCube version because I still have only played the first two chapters on that. But I, I can tell already like they fixed so many things with uh, the GameCube version. It's still really... There's still a lot of story, but I felt it far more engaging at that, that point in the GameCube version than where I was at the N64 version. So maybe if you still have interest in the series, uh, jump on that. I did some research, and I think the GameCube one is, is generally considered to be the best of the three. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, because one of the things that um, this game I thought was did really poorly on was just interesting music. Most of the music is just kind of filler uh there's a couple really awesome tracks like i'm i would love to hear remixes of these tracks and and such that come on later there's one during the flower level that has i I was like i hope ben gets at least this far because i think (laughs) when he hears this song like what how where did this come from like this is an amazing (laughs) track and then during the ice palace they had a really good um, groove in there as well but um so i had some questions for the group as well that i wanted to go through so, favorite level probably won't. I, actually, yeah. Well, of what you played, do you could you even name any of those as a favorite? Liz, can you remember back to the first time you played? What was your favorite zone? Uh, this is going to chapter. Be, like, I have to ask a question first to clarify that I'm thinking of the right game. Is this a game where there's a bakery where you can like take different ingredients to it and make mm-hmm. food? There is yes. a part where I Peach does like this mini game where she bakes a cake. But is I her name like, like Taste Tea no, or like, something like that? Yeah, there's an item oh, there's an old lady who cooks yeah, there's stuff. Yeah, there's a that's, place where you can bring that's items. That's what I love, where you take items to the old lady. I loved just figuring like different... <laughs> I like that your favorite level was just... Cooking. What, what foods can you make? It was, just, it was just a store. <laughs> was yeah. just an I, that's yeah. what I liked, collecting badges, making foods. That was what interests me. The actual... The mechanics the of the game were so fun. Yeah. There's a lot of secrets. There's a lot of things you can do like that in the game. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So Ben, have you had? Is this your first time playing through two? Or no, have you beat it before? I beat it when I was a kid, and um, I remember really, really liking the uh, the island chapter. The Yoshi Island. The jungle. Yeah, the Yoshi Island. Yeah. I remember. I liked really the music that. from that a lot. I can still remember and it. I think that's the chapter I just got to, so mm-hmm. I might just play that and stop. But I mean, 
yeah. As yeah. far as what I actually have played this time, geez, like, I don't know. Nothing was really all that great. <laughs> Prologue. I mean, I, I guess um, Top of Bubbles Castle was okay. I liked it more than the other four. What, what I, about the Shy Guy box? I oh, that absolutely was, that was the, despised it. The Invincible Tubba Bubba? Yeah, the Invincible Tubba Bubba. Yeah, yeah. I thought that chase... was a good chapter. I liked it. That's oh, a I great chapter. That. No, really? the, 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 all the, really? the things that kept on pulling you out. That was all you had to do is all you had to do is go so invisible. So annoying. Well, <laughs> what I would do is I would dash to try and get ahead of them, and then my ghost girl, she'd be too far behind me, and then I'll be slamming C down, and she wouldn't <laughs> get there in time. And I actually got kicked out far more times than I should have. I, I felt I, I thought that was really once. annoying. Why are you so bad, Derek? I'm bad at the ball. Speaking of being I'm bad at this game, the shy shy guy box where you have to uh, throw the train into the box. Oh. How the hell were you supposed to figure that out? Like, I had to use game FAQs. I got so yeah. frustrated because yeah. I was like, I know I'm supposed to use this stupid train to, to replace the missing train. What am I supposed to do? And I had to look it up. I couldn't figure it out. That yeah, was, so did I. Yeah, but... Um, so let's see, what other questions did I have for the group? Um, who's your favorite bonus character? Like, are your, your, your sidekick party member? Yeah. Party member. Um, as a kid, I really liked Cooper and I did really like Cooper this time until like, He's I real useful to where I was. And like, he was just not as useful as Bo or Bauer. Yeah. Or she's really good too. And she's like, she's my girl. Like yeah, she's roll, really easy to high. have her all powered up. You can get five points out yeah. of her really, really easy. Yeah. Do you yeah. um? Do you ever get a flying turtle? Yeah, I get Paracarry. I don't yeah. like him. I could He's never useless. get his timed hits ever. I, yeah. I don't know. Like when you get him, he does the most damage because that's before you like you start. It's true. Uh, you get him really early on. Party members and like you yeah. can do like six damage right out the box, so that's pretty good. But I yeah. can never get his little like back up and slam into him timed right to yeah. to mm. kill him, but. I really like uh, – it's kind of a tie for me because I, I think for usefulness uh, – what's her face? You just said the ghost girl. I can't Bo. – Bo. Because her ability to go invisible uh, mm-hmm. in combat is super useful, but mm-hmm. the game still tends to punish you for it. Like if you yeah, use like it all the time, eventually – well, not to say that she's disabled, but like you will have to – like the, the enemy gets an extra round of combat that isn't normally there where they get to fight. It's like, so when it is, so normally it goes like Mario, your partner, and then the bad guy, right? So Mm -hmm. Mario attacks, use her to go invisible, enemy attacks, misses, Mario comes up, and then they'll get to attack again sometimes. I think you might be mistaking that for when, like, Mario does something and then Bo. It costs an extra turn. Yeah. She can't attack the next turn after she turns you invisible. And the game doesn't tell you that at all. They they don't tell you that. Yeah, oh, that makes perfect sense. Okay, because I was always like, why is it whenever I always have to get hit, there's not a chance to do it twice in a row? And I understand mm-hmm. the mechanic why. I mean, it could probably potentially break things. Yeah, break but, the game. Um, I liked her for the usefulness, but in terms of, like, characters that I thought, I like Watt was pretty interesting. The Theirs wasn't too difficult to, like, power up and use, which I appreciated. I didn't always have to, like, jamming buttons or tapping left all the time. Just holding A, letting go at the right time was was nice. But the, also, the other one I think I liked the most was... Um, <laughs> the cloud guy. What's I forget his name. He's a funny name. Um, you get him at the very end, and he he's like a uh, he's the guy in Mario who's in a cloud, and he drops the spiny shell guys on you. 
I go, um, oh, um, oh my god, I forgot all about him. He was my bro. He's the best because he's got the little the glasses, and when you ride on oh, his back to go over stuff, I yeah, he goes, he 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 goes faster than you run. Oh yeah, that guy was a boss. So you use him to get around the map. Like he goes super fast. So I really appreciate him. And then it just look funny. It's like I'm gonna hop on my ride and go off, and you're just like <laughs> holding on to his back, riding around. So. I yeah. like those guys uh, a bit, but I, I originally I thought the little sidekicks were kind of annoying and dumb. But as I went along, I actually did start to like a couple of them a lot. I never used Gumbario though; he never got powered up no. to anything. He didn't get to super, didn't get powered up, never came out of the box ever. Never used him, but I did use uh, pretty much everybody else. Except well, I enjoy like, tattling. I, yeah, I, I, I tattle when, when you get the, the switch, when you can quickly switch out. Uh, I forget what the badge is, but it allows you to uh, to switch yeah, out without switch losing switch. a turn. I would tattle on a lot of people to get the uh, the health. Is it, what does it tell you? It tells you their health or like how to yeah, beat it them. The it tells the health and then like a little bit about like their attacks. Okay. It'll and tell it, them like some of that don't dialogue. jump it on leaves, these guys. It leaves their health bar up. Like once you've tattled one version of the enemy, you see it every time you encounter that enemy. That's very useful. Yeah. Oh. Actually, I had a question for everyone. You know, back in um, the main, like the Mushroom Village, there's the dojo where you can fight the different yeah. members. Yeah. I so I fought. I don't all, think that does anything. It does. Yeah, so it doesn't do anything because I fought all three of them and then I beat the main guy twice. Was there something else to do? Like I got the fourth. I don't, I don't think so. Like the only thing that like I've seen that even depends on that is like some dude in dry dry output. Yeah, he or, says, "Hey, I'm a rank, whatever." Yeah. And, yeah. There must be it. some side quest or something that you need that for. No, I'm looking at a... I looked it up on the Super Mario Wiki now, and the word of God says, despite the fact that Mario can face hard optional bosses here, no reward or even star points are given here, showing that the battles are just for fun huh. challenge. Interesting. <laughs> and they're actually pretty difficult. And oh, yeah. A waste yeah. Of items. Yeah. 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 Item management was something throughout the game that I found really frustrating, that... Yeah. Uh, I never really felt like I had enough coins to use items a lot, at least the recovery items. So I spent a lot mm-hmm. of time like engineering my team where I could paralyze all the bad guys and then use uh, focus on Mario and then have my uh, teammate also use the the star focus because you can get a badge for that later where yeah, they can use it. So yeah. nice. That was great because then I could start. And those strategies are like, oh, I like that about this game. Using different badges or like the uh, power bounce was probably my favorite badge. So that lets you just yeah. keep jumping as you can time it right. Like, I think the most I did on one guy was um, like 20, 20 points of damage or something. Yeah, it was like a, there was like a mini boss where I literally one one shot at him, which was awesome. Wow. <laughs> and that cool. was it was yeah, really right. fun. Um, but yeah, so I was gonna say if you guys remember, this might be a bit much to recall back to. What was your general setup for badges? Because I think my default was. That power bounce, the quake hammer that lets you use your hammer and hit all the enemies. Um, and then I really like the double dip badge, which lets you use two items at once if you spend flower points. So you could use one right after another. Um, and mm. then just all the power up ones, more health, more flower points, more defense. Those are those are pretty much the only ones I use throughout most of the game. Um, ben, what was your preference, if you can remember? When I was a kid, I think I really more focused on, like, HP and flower points. And, like, for some reason, I didn't see the glory that was badges. So, like, really this time I've been... I think I've only leveled up my HP and flower points once each. And, like, for the rest of it, I've just been giving it to badge points. But, I mean, I... Really, as a kid, like, I might have increased my HP 
but as far as that, I just had like the general like extra skills it gives. I don't know. I didn't take advantage of it as a kid, and I guess that's why the game was really difficult for me then. But I don't know. I'm looking at the list of badges now, and the only one that sticks out to me that I probably would have used is the first strike one, where you defeat the enemy without. I never ending. got that to work. Yeah, but it never works. Oh yeah, it has to be enemies that are super super weak that you don't get any star points from anyway. Right. Yeah. They. That's the game oh, disincentivizes you know doing that because you don't. Well, get there's any... a one you can get where you can just spin at them and you win the battle. Mm. That mm-hmm. one was pretty useful. Do you guys, yeah. like, that's the thing that I never yeah, I really... I randomly discovered that spin. <laughs> I never really bothered with grinding, ever. Like, in fact, I would actively avoid fights uh, oh, yeah. for too. most of oh, it. Yeah. There was well, no when incentive. I, when I got to a place, though, where I was getting, like, two or three points a person, then I did grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, near the end, I kind of... A little bit, but not too much, but... um. Anyway, so I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that came at the end of the game. Um, and I have to say, like, Chapter 7 I was really happy with. And going to, like, finish the game today, I was honestly looking forward to it. So my my take on the game has changed considerably. I do think that there is something worthwhile in the end. But if it hadn't been for Game Club, I would not have ever gotten there. And I don't know what that means for the game. Does that mean it's good? Does it mean it's a classic? I can... Mm. I don't classic. know. I, I, it's I, not I, a classic. I think you've answered that question. Yeah. I don't know. I think that that, that battle it, system but, is is pretty it's, great. It's a, yeah. Let it's, me put it to you this way, Garrett. Would you recommend it to someone else? I wouldn't because that it's no classic. Well, because yeah. the the idea is that it's this starter RPG, right? And I mm-hmm. understand that, but I can't think. It just seems it doesn't make sense to me. Like on the N sixty four, that wasn't a console that they were Nintendo was really pushing the let's get the soccer moms to play our system. You know, it wasn't until the Wii <laughs> that they were really pushing that angle. So yeah. the idea that this was going to get someone besides hardcore gamers to play it just doesn't make sense. So why did they go so easy? I don't I don't understand. Especially coming from the Super Nintendo when that console had some mm-hmm. of the best RPGs that came out to not have any RPGs come out in the N64 and then have this come out just doesn't make sense. Well, N64 didn't have a lot of third-party um, support. True. And a lot of the good RPGs for the Super Nintendo were third-party. Mm-hmm. When, when Square and Enix jumped ship, it really left Nintendo to kind of fend for themselves. Yeah. And they had, you know, not much. Hey, they had Quest 64. Quest 64, yes! Uh, and the Aiden Chronicles <laughs> or something, yeah. So, they had Tactics Ogre. I was going to say, like, yeah, the, yeah. Rattle 64. the actual, like, ending to the game was, I, okay, I, I, I'll say that the last dungeons I thought were really well-tuned, the, the boss fights and the puzzles, like, they have, they do a good job of you're not always having to fight someone to progress through, like, a major plot point, so instead of, like, fighting, they have this little mini game where you have to, um, uh, count different enemies coming through the screen. So you have to answer five questions right, and each one pertains to how many Goombas just went by the screen, how many uh, Koopas were there, and they kind of mix them up and they make them run around and go back into their boxes. Who came out of the left gate? Who came out of the right gate? And I was like, okay, that's nice. I don't always have to fight someone to progress through. And mm-hmm. a couple other mechanics. But again, it, it makes me think, why couldn't we have had some of these sort of things that have no play on understanding the game more earlier on earlier 
earlier yeah. on. And it makes me like, feel like development, like whoever was working on the end of the game and the beginning of the game, they're just they had different teams working on yeah. different pieces of it. Like, I bet there were many instances where I was like, where was this in the beginning of the game? Like, for instance, like in between most chapters, like you have that little segment where you run around as Peach in the castle. Oh, oh I hated like, those. Just, just simply enough. Like there was one time where like you, you know, you have to like flip the switch and like run through your fireplace to be able to explore anywhere. Like simply enough, just the example, example lies within like how, in like the first three chapters, like whenever you run through the uh, the fireplace, you actually have to run through this long tunnel and like hit another switch in order to actually like flip around and explore the rest of the castle. But later but on, the they just time. do that for you. No, not even only the first time. First time, it's like the first two or three times. It is. It's really? the first couple times you have to walk yeah. through. Because I always after that, like yeah. they just skip it, and I'm I don't understand why they didn't go back and change that if they had that idea later. It's like. It's like, yeah. okay, they already made this mediocre game, and, like, they're getting better as they go, but why couldn't they have refined what they already did? Yeah. yeah. I almost feel like maybe they changed development platforms or something. Like, maybe this was slated to be for that 64DD or something, you know? Like, I feel like there was something in the development that made... Well, it, it was oh. at the end of the console's life cycle, so was it? it was probably... Yeah, if, I think we talked about that. I think, uh, yeah, I think it was February 01. Yeah, so we it discovered was like, that Final Fantasy wow. X was coming out. Yeah, so they had to get it out, like out the door. Wow, there no must have been some play. development issues. There was a ticking clock on that one, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna say, my finishing the game stats, I finished at level twenty-three. No attempting to grind, no attempting to fight when I didn't really have to. I finished with forty-five hit points, but five of those were from a badge, or maybe even ten of those were from badges. Um, flower points at forty-five, and I maxed out the. Uh, the badges as well, and then the play time was 25 hours. Uh, so that's how long it took to get through the whole thing. Which once I, I got did not to have 24 hours. yeah, once I got to about 10 <laughs> hours in, I'm like, Ben is in New York, Liz. I'm pretty sure hasn't started, and I've already devoted 10 hours. There's yeah, no way they're going to catch up. I think I'm at up. the 10 mar- hour mark right now. Yeah, you're. I yeah, actually uh, right one of my whole days this weekend was devoted to a huge paintball outing, so I should have realized that was like. Not going to happen either. So, mm-hmm. is there any other kind of final thoughts on Paper Mario? I think the forum threat's got some really great sentiments from everyone's experiences. And uh, I think one of the things I, I liked most was seeing, like, Butsukoi's post just because of the fact that he said, this is a game I really revered as a kid, and now coming back, I'm just seeing that I'm a different person now, and that I there's pieces of it I like and pieces of it I don't, and... I don't know if that yeah. means we've ruined the game for them, but I I I don't want that to be the goal of no. Game Club. But I do like no. that people are seeing that, huh? Seeing... There, there, maybe there isn't quite as much there as I thought. Because I know I have games where my kid, I'm like, oh, I'm sure I'd go back, and that's just a POS. But I mean, Yoshi's Island was one of those for me, going back to a previous Game Club, and like that really is yeah. sort of the same that I'm getting with Paper Mario here. But it's also like, nice to see that some of the games you were right about, like going back and playing like yeah. Metroid, that was Super Metroid, that was well, still that was the first good. time for me. But yeah. Majora, we went back and oh, played too. Yeah, I, I loved Majora. That. that was really good too. Let's see that one again. <laughs> I would like to be a part of that because I never finished Majora's Mask. It was, was it was a great game. That was really yeah, so good. I wonder, are they, yeah. So wait, they're doing Ocarina of Time uh, for 3DS, right? Yes. Not Majora. Yeah. I'd love to play Majora on 3DS. I would play I that. Think Majora's Mask actually is a bit of a. I think the general consensus is that it's a black sheep and it's a horrible game. I think horrible, that's, what? that's kind Not of the uh, 
The, uh, I don't think it's, anyone's it's a, ever said it's a horrible So many movie. things. Wait, so I remember reading mask. something that uh, there was this weird collection <laughs> of people that thought Donkey Kong Country was this awful, terrible garbage game. Liz has broken her headphones yeah. in disgust of what you said. Like furiously trying to put them on. Because to, to hear no, that yeah, you were talking yeah. crap. They were already broken the other day, and I like. Right. I'm gonna not listen for a sec. You guys keep talking. That's, that's <laughs> just like something that I stumbled upon was this weird consensus that Majora's Mask was like this. We don't talk about that Zelda game, <laughs> which was I, shocking I, I to me because it was really cause... different, and I think that's why I liked it. But I, I did never finish it. It's one of the best. It's, yeah, it so having played it, I really liked that one a lot. But one thing I was also going to say that I, I'm really liking about uh, Game Club in general as we've kind of kicked back into the flow of it is that it's reminding me, and I've started doing things that I used to do as a kid with games that has made me like games more. And it was reminded from a post that um, Paul put in here, Fish Sticks, of when he was going to the desert He's like, the desert was so confusing that I actually made a map. And that was where <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, man. So if you see the post in there, I'm, I'll link it for you guys so you can see. But, like, he has some graph paper, and he goes through, and, like, um, you can see, like, okay, here's what was in this grid. And when he did that, I was like, man, as a kid, I used to really enjoy that, you know, like writing down your save codes for whatever game it was or taking some no- like I actually kind of found at least for RPGs that that aspect of it was fun like where you take the game into your own co- context or you're drawing out your own little map and so I actually started doing that with Paper Mario a bit and I tried taking some notes on some things and drawing my own little map and I did find that pretty fun but it's, it's reminding me of some things that I completely forgotten about but I really liked his map and I was like oh that's cool I that wish I had cool done map. that I yeah. will say I agree with you, uh, or I used to agree with you about how I enjoyed writing down passcodes until I played Golden Sun and transferred my data to Golden Sun Lost Ages. <laughs> right. and it was a 256 character code. Right. Wow. I mean, that's one thing, but like when you're like taking notes on Never like again. like oh, I need to go back and check this, you know, Red yeah. Blast Store and Super Metroid or things like that. Like I'm gonna start doing that more. I think. Matt I have my, still does that because I have like my it. little notebook that I like write down my thoughts when we're doing Game Club. I'm gonna start doing because like with paper or not with uh, Pokemon, I did like a little like. Uh, the gym, the electric gym, where you have like the little buzzers. I think I did like a little Ugh. map for that or something. Or um, anyway, okay. it's something I've discovered that I'm like, okay, I want to do that more. That was fun. So anyway, end of the game. Eh, you know, you all get cake at the, the end. There's there's really a party. Fun. Yeah, the last boss fight. I guess I want to speak to that before we start wrapping up here. Is that um, I feel like the other boss fights before that were actually a little more interesting. When you get to Bowser, one of the things it's that just I... sort of like a war of attrition? It, it is, because it's a one versus one the whole time. There's no... So any of your AoE moves are, are, are pointless. So that's a whole depth of the game that you've removed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do this like trade-off where he powers himself up to Invincible... And you use your new ability of Star Beam to take away that. So every four rounds, you both don't do anything to each other, and your yeah. your team member does some damage instead. Yeah. Um, and so I, it was a little lackluster. Like I'm not pulling out all the stops. I'm not using all my items I saved up because I just, it's just a like you said a it's, battle it's of a attrition. Very, it's yeah, just it's a very scheduled sort of. Fight. It is. And she's like, okay, I hit him for ten. And the worst part is, over the course of the battle, he heals himself for ninety health. He does 30, and you whittle him, and then 30 again, and then 30 again. And you're just like, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to beat this. I did the math. I'm like, okay, I've got enough items to go about four more rounds if I don't beat him. 
it's over. Yeah. But I beat him. And another weird kind of game design thing, as you're getting up to the last fight, uh, you fight the mini boss of the, uh, the the Koopa Junior who keeps following you throughout the game. <laughs> That's that like the – he's the mini boss before Bowser. And so you fight him. And the game up to this point has always provided you a save point and a, f- a filling up your health point. Yeah. And then you go into the boss. And right. it didn't. You go straight from him into the boss, and I didn't do anything. I'm like, so I went to that <laughs> with half uh, health and half flower points, and I was okay. But then that fight ends, and then there's another fight with Bowser, and I go up. I'm like, okay, there's going to be a save point here somewhere. There's going to be uh, get my health back. Nope. So I started, like, the actual <laughs> final battle with, like, 13 hit points and, like, five flower points. But I had the <laughs> I had one of those ultra mushrooms in uh, the jar that gets you, like, 50 flower points and just used oh. that and was okay. So um, the ending of the game was okay. There's a portion where it's kind of like Earthbound where you can kind of walk around and talk to people. Mm-hmm. Like, you get that. And I just had no want to do that because there was no <laughs> one. Yeah, is there anybody interesting to go and revisit? And... I mean, you're, like, the characters you played with, but they're all at the party, so you can go talk to them there yeah. anyway. And... I, I didn't really do any of the side quests because I just didn't care. I actually didn't even learn that you could trade star pieces for anything useful till almost the end. Oh, really? Um, well, because I had uh, gone there and I didn't have any star pieces originally, and I forgot about it. So then I came back, wow. almost like chapter six, I think, and I found that treasure box where Peach was putting the stuff in and giving you badges. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, this is where <laughs> I was supposed to go. And I got like three badges. And I'm like, oh, these are awesome badges. I wish oh, I had yeah. had these. There super was one. Early. There was one mission I think between the third and fourth chapter. Where Peach has to go and you have to eavesdrop to find out what the weakness for Tubba Blubba. Right, right. You still don't really discover it. And uh, there's another room you can go to on the right-hand side. And there's actually like two badges. You have to go out of your way to get and then drop them off in the box. But they're really, really useful badges. Yeah, they are. And I wish I had had them earlier. And then trading star pieces. You get a game. You had a fact going the whole time. (laughs) And then you trade star pieces for cool badges. Like the one that like slowly gives you flower points. Like just randomly in battle you get one. And it says happy every time. I like like that one a lot. That was cute. So, What did you think of that one dungeon uh, that was right by the train station? When you went down you always fought blooper. The, the, the I, I like oh, that. the the I mean, pipe vault area. Optional, but yeah, like, I like. I found those really kind of... challenging and fun fights. And you would go back mm-hmm. uh, every single time. Spore a little chapter, more. Yeah, and you, you just yeah, do a little you, bit you more. Go through a little more, and then you get like a preview of like, oh, I, I can't break this block yet, mm-hmm. but I guess they're gonna get something. And then I got yeah. get the upgrade for your uh, the ultra your hammer, and like, yeah. oh, I can't wait to go back to that dungeon again. I really another blooper. Yeah, those those kind of post chapter, post pre chapter stuff. I, I I did really enjoy those, and I know that's like the side quest stuff. I think Ben, you were saying, was it was a Ben? Was, I think somebody was saying that they didn't really find that a lot of no, fun. I actually me. found delivering the mail and doing. The oh, I didn't bother with any of that. Some of that, had, some of that was fun. It was just like the peach stuff. I didn't like the and, peach oh, interludes at all. That was yeah. oh, uh. except for Twink, complete waste except of time. Except for Twink, that's true. That's true. But he's wiggling the whole time, so it's hard to hate. Yeah. But even and, still. And I, I even love when, when like Peach gets taken away and Twink is like sad. He's got like, oh this my god, he's so oh. worried. So Derek, I hope you can find like a YouTube at the very end where you see Twink like be awesome because I think you should watch it. Because uh, well, I don't know. You I'm have sure at least you convinced one. me that I might because I I have been enjoying the game. Well, you are really at the point where it does get better. So mm-hmm. yeah, I have a hard so- time saying like. Well, go on with your life. Go play L.A. Noir. But right. I, I actually started looking forward to after Chapter 5 finished. I'm like, oh, 
I actually am kind of looking forward to playing Paper Mario. I don't need to ha- drink heavily in order for this to be a fun thing to do. <laughs> I'll just go play it. And we don't need Star Scream. Yeah. So it's uh, I don't know. Again, I think for me overall, the general sentiment is I'm going to need some time to really decide: is this a game I would recommend? And if it is, if it who would I recommend it to? I, I'm I mean, not I, sure. I have some no, thought. I, I, something I was hearing you talk about this, and we all agree, the first five to ten hours of this game are garbage. garbage. But I, I feel it's getting better. Garrett, you said that it does get a lot better. I, I never thought I would be on this side of the fence, guys. I really thought I was going to be with you guys, and I wouldn't make it through the end of the game. I mm-hmm. thought I was like, oh, God, how am I going to make it to chapter eight? Because especially when I got to ten hours, I'm like, Oh my gosh! Yeah. I'm gonna have to play ten more hours of this game. <laughs> but when I got the ten hours, I was actually like, like those last two hours snuck up on me because I did kind of enjoy them. And I, I haven't finished Twilight Princess um, because that game also starts out super, super slow. You're in, I totally you're in agree. Town for Tutorial hours, you're like hours. wrangling sheep. I couldn't you're give fishing. a fuck about the sheep. Don't care. But I've heard <laughs> once you get out the town after those three, four hours, the game is amazing. No, it's that's really actually fun. not true. It is true. It's a good game. This is literally the first time I've heard that, Liz. I've heard from everyone else that the game is amazing after that first. Like, I don't know about amazing, but it's, it's fun. Well, and, I'll, and I, I'll put I can it to also you this say, way. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I played um, uh, Zelda Spirit Tracks. Ugh. And if I had not had like a five-hour layover in Chicago coming back from MAGFest, I would not have played that game as much as I have because it is so boring they slowly introduce every new uh, we're all add the game gamers slowly. these days and it really yeah. takes oh no it took like four or five hours for me to yeah, finally yeah. for that the game, game doesn't get you in 30 start. 45 minutes like, yeah it's like what happened to a, a generation of gamers that can pop in a damn cartridge and be able to play a game yeah like who was who had the closing notes of, of the last podcast and we were all talking he had a really good point it's like you're an hour into paper mario you've literally just started the first chapter yeah. the and an he's like, by the time you're in, uh, an hour in, you're already in the force saving the wizard guy in Super Mario RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was Kevin. Uh, yeah, that, you... was, that was a really good point. That, was, that, that really drove it home. It's like, why does this game, why, and why do, even, I would say, Mario Galaxy took a long time before I, I got into it. It did take a hour. I was like, Honestly, okay, this is brilliant. But it did start mm-hmm. really slow. If why, you, why, do, why do games do that, really? I don't get it. Kingdom Hearts 2 was another, like, extremely oh, no. terrible offender. Past the beginning of There's, Kingdom Hearts 1. It's gotta be no, a... I couldn't they win both had terrible race, I feel like, like it's a subset of gamers, and I'll, I'll be honest, I think it's when you're younger, you have a lot more patience for that. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily because you get older that you have less patience. I think it's no, that... No, I think it's the games have changed. I really I think... think they, they, they really the have. But look at the difference between trying- Twilight Princess and A Link to the Past. A half yeah. hour into oh Link to God. the Past, you've already met Zelda. You've crawled through the first dungeon. Yeah. You're playing the game. You You're are escaping things. Let's play Link to the Past. Link to the Past is a much simpler game than we also have to teach you how to ride horses. We also have to teach yeah. you how to fish and how to fire. Yeah. So it's so almost it's like the like, complexity. All the, it's like, like they're trying to do more. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, but it's actually hampering just fun. Yeah. yeah, but remember yeah. Bioshock? Remember how, how quickly Bioshock That's explained true. everything to you? And there is a lot of things of going on. I was, I was already solving puzzles and mixing uh, with my spells and stuff. And good that game, game design, was pretty I complicated, but I got it right away. Yeah. Having I, said all this, way to do it. did any of you happen to read uh, today's Penny Arcade? Oh, wait. Yes, I, I think I did. It was, it, about, was a, it was about this subject, actually. Uh, the Witcher, right? The Witcher 2, where <laughs> it was the first game either of them had complained about 
not telling you enough in the beginning and just throwing you into it and you have hmm. no concept of how concept works and it's a terror of how combat works and it's a terrible game they're to expecting play. you to know how to do like how to heal yourself how to do a lot of things that for jumping straight into a game would be confusing i was watching the Yogcast guys and they were doing a let's play of it and they were saying the same thing as like he did the same part like four or five times like okay what am I not learning how to do here? And he looks up yeah. his menu's like, oh, I have a heal I can use. Okay, yeah. I got to do that. I had the exact same problem with the new Splatterhouse. The first uh-huh. hour or so of Splatterhouse was crazy confusing because I didn't explain enough to you. But once, yeah, you, I had that bonehead moment like, oh, I can heal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay, that makes it way better than <laughs> However, I think those games that don't tell you enough are few and far between. And games that tell you too much are becoming increasingly more common. Yeah. Yeah. Like the another big offender recently was Final Fantasy 13 where it's oh, the consensus God. is it didn't start until 25 hours in. 25 no, hours. That's all of Paper Mario. It's amazing after that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's a fantastic game but after that, so but oh, like you're I running quit. down an alley, isn't it like a straight alley the for whole 20 hour. hours? It is a game with no branches. It is the House of Usher. There are no lines. That is the first Final <laughs> Fantasy that I upright Bought it, played it for a couple hours, talked to Liz about it on the podcast for a couple weeks, and then sold, sold it back. It. Just screw it. That's not wow. worth it. I loved it until I beat it. And it was like uh, it was like uh, Luigi's Mansion or Chrono Cross, where I was like, that's the ending? Screw this. <laughs> I just, because, you know, I expected uh, a lot out of Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion, <laughs> Chrono Cross. Chrono Cross. <laughs> you know what? They both, like, <laughs> I'm serious about that. Chrono Cross and Luigi's Mansion both have this thing where, like, you dedicate a certain amount of time to a game, and you expect something out of the ending, not just text on your screen and great job player. Congratulation. Like, Luigi's Mansion is arguably more forgivable in that All right. situation. So we've but... gone off on a, an interesting tangent, but far from, I think, where we started. Uh, is there any other final words, then, besides myself? And maybe the final words is just that I was the only one who beat it, which uh, is how amazing. How we end positive? Like, what? Because there actually were some things that I did yeah, yeah. really like. I wish there this. was a way that, like, there was, that people could get to see how amazing the, the actual uh, advanced fighting is in the game yes. like is there like a side boss earlier on like maybe chapter two or three that you can encounter people should just go download a save file from virtual console that yeah. i mean if you want to do that you, and you won't really miss out on much i would have no, to say you, you could probably anything. figure it out no. but I, I would say the fights with blooper early on because they're a surprise and yeah. he is pretty challenging uh when you open up the uh, train tracks when you can go when you can go uh, south uh to that third part of the toad village uh, those fights early on are uh, actually were surprising and difficult and a lot of fun because they were hard yeah. and, and came out of nowhere. I guess if it didn't take so many hours to get to a point to witness this game's engine at its best, I would I would love to say that that you must play this game to experience what I think is a like a lot of people have said Icebox Logic and I agree on something very simplified, elegant combat, but. But that, that that in and of itself is not unique enough. Because I, I would say no, get not. Final Fantasy Mystic Quest instead. Maybe you should get uh, uh, Super Mario RPG and you can finish that in 10, 15 hours and get yeah. on with your life. Uh, I get the remake of Double uh, a Dragon Warrior for the Game Boy Color. Yeah. That's a really great There's fun just so RPG. Many, I guess that's the downside. There are so many other options that are of a higher yeah. quality. It, it, I guess it does yeah. get good. It gets gooder. Uh, but it's I still don't think it's extraordinary. Well, maybe. And... What about um the sequels? Right, the sequels we've said are are, are better, right? Yeah, I'm actually 
I, what I, because I was an idiot and accidentally played the GameCube version first. Uh, part of the reason why I was so far behind. But I, I that right away, like you're you're um, there there's uh two defense attacks you can do. You can do you can hit A before the enemy hits you, and you can you know reduce the damage. Mm-hmm. But there's an even smaller window if you hit B, you'll actually hit them back and counter. Hmm. Uh, and That'd your be cohorts, nice. your cohorts mm. now have life to worry about. Um, when you fight, you're like on a stage, and so every once in a while, somebody in the audience will like throw a hammer at you, or they'll throw life at you. But the same warning comes up, and so if you hit X, you'll leave the stage, go out in the audience, and hit them. But you can accidentally hit them and lose health, like because they were going to give you a heart or some flowers, and uh, like there'll be like props on the fighting and so if you do a big slam down the uh the set behind you will fall down and hurt everybody mm-hmm. there's all these really cool things that added in with the GameCube version and uh i would say just skip um just skip the uh the original just skip the original maybe that's the best like that you could say for this well, I is you guys are telling me to shut up like, that there's they've, a sequel no, that's so much yeah better. that they've learned from the things that we disliked and that well, see, that's the thing. I don't know enough about the sequel to say that does it really take the essence of this same combat, like this this system? I don't it, think it, it expands does it. on it more, but it still has those annoying parts where this game is nowhere near as quirky, as witty, or as funny as it thinks it is. There's the the, the mm. dialogue overstays its welcome. Okay. Yeah, still, even in I the think sequel. I think that's kind of true of the Mario series yeah. in yeah. some respects. Well, because they started off on such a high note, and then it just. Kind of went down from there. So, Liz, from the the portions you did play, have you has it changed your perspective of the game now? Or, um, I liked it a lot when I was a kid, but it's just not a game I would play now as someone who wants to be able to be able to pick a game up and put it down at my own uh, discretion. And mm-hmm. like even little things like how often you can save, that's just changed so much. Yeah, in the past. 10 years that's all it's been and it's, it's changed been, huh? so much all right so derek i would say you should probably probably keep playing i guess but ben i don't know man you've played it before are you yeah, really gonna I keep trucking before. i don't really think so like the parts of the games i remember most fondly are parts i haven't gotten to yet so like there's that desire to keep going but there are so many games to play there are so many other things so we're going to so start up another game club in a week like or two like my brother here. bought LA Noir. like three let's Holy do an shit. LA Noir <laughs> podcast do that and for i was next hoping to club. do a review of mischief makers so i probably playing oh, that that's another game i've heard of, of. i want to play that would be a good game club game i think yeah it'd be a short one um okay well then if that's the final words here let's turn this over to kevin turn over this long show put mm. it to rest yeah. yeah, but good, good discussion. I think the, yeah, yeah, good. I, I, this is a this was a good game club game in the end. I think we had some good yeah, discussion yeah. for it. Just I would just I wouldn't mind having one that's just as critical, but maybe not as difficult to get into. I will say yeah. I I had more fun discussing with you guys than playing the game. So thank you for letting me be part of this. <laughs> yeah, really there's it's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. fun. It's good to have a discussion about the games, even if we don't finish them or we don't like them. Like yeah. it's one thing. It's like it's like reviewing it, but I don't have to. It's not as much work for me. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot to... easier for me just to to talk, do a couple of bullet points and then discuss. There you go. To write a script. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well let's turn this over to Kevin. See what he has to say, and then we will close out the show proper. You know, Paper Mario raises some interesting questions about the political narrative in the Mushroom world. Back in the old Mario Brothers days, it was easy. 
you had Mario, and you had everyone else trying to kill Mario. Can't get much simpler than that. But as the series began to find more room for plot exposition, it became clear there was more to the situation. Some enemies, like bob and Koopas, were starting to show more friendly overtures in Super Mario 64. Then, in Mario RPG, Bowser's forces were virtually wiped out, with many of them relocating to Monstro Town. And now, in Paper Mario, we've got Koopa Village, Boo Manor, an entire family of friendly Goombas, and a whole party of teammates comprised of former enemies with no current animosity. So, we can conclude that Bowser's influence, once great enough to command entire armies through multiple fronts, has now waned, being replaced with independent city-states of his former comrades. What's odd about this is that the Mushroom Kingdom seems completely ineffective at maintaining a conflict-free diplomatic policy. The pattern keeps repeating itself. The Koopa Clan busts in, Mario has to save everyone. These Mushroom people must live under a constant blanket of fear, knowing that it's only a matter of time until Bowser attacks again, helpless to stop his evil machinations. And then there's the symbolic nature of being saved every time by a plumber, a figurehead for the blue-collar communism. That's demeaning at best, and socially restrictive at worst. The bourgeoisie glorifies the working man to keep him from rising up. That's just undemocratic. Now, if I was in charge of the Mushroom Kingdom, I'd whip things into shape. First of all, get some federally elected representation going on. Enfranchise the people. Next, reach out and make connections with other nearby heads of state. Visit them on a regular basis, not just when we're trampling through in search of the next super-power doofy or whatever. And finally, train some citizenry to defend themselves. We've got fire flowers, we've got pow blocks. There's no reason the Mario Brothers should be the only ones using these things. If it were up to me, every mushroom man and woman would have an invincibility star hidden in their basement to strike back against the Koopa forces next time they invade. But of course, if we did things my way, we wouldn't have a conflict anymore, and then we wouldn't have any more Mario games. So, I guess in order for us to keep enjoying ourselves, we're just gonna have to learn to live with these oppressive, manipulative, failing political states. Or, the Big N could invent Mario's Democracy Party. Either way, for Fangamer, I'm Kevin Williams. Alright, thank you for listening everyone. Derek? As we said, thank you for being on. It was really yeah, fun. Thank you. Thanks again, um, Derek. Uh, as I'm, with the rest I'm of us, with the audience you can't see, I, but I'm. I saluted. How how can they keep up with things you're doing, Derek? Uh, what's your they Twitter? What's your me. stuff? I'm always up at the RetroWareTV.com. Uh, by the time you hear this, hopefully, I will have done the uh, Rygar quickie oh, as, a, man. as a follow up to um, Mystic Quest because Rygar is another one of my favorite games, even though it is terrible. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, I, I bought that I, game I, I, because, like, you spoke high praise, and, like, I played it for, It's really, like, really and... good, but you have to know where to go. So the mm-hmm. quickie's going to be also sort of a, uh, a walkthrough for it oh, to help okay. people out. But, uh, yeah, RetroWareTV.com, a lot of great content uh, there as well. Um, also check out uh, uh, StarshipAmazing.com. Uh, new records should be coming uh, sooner than later. Yes. Also, we have a podcast. Please check that out, Podcast yeah. Amazing. Let's listen to that today. Try but if you up. can only listen to one podcast. Definitely <laughs> listen to Podcast Amazing. Podcast Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, if, you, if, you like, if you really like games, you should definitely listen to a Fan Gamer because uh, Podcast Amazing is more of uh, my oh, musical. Ben, we got to start using the bumpers again.
It's been a while. Yeah, I got one from BitShifter. We don't even need new ones. It's just to start reusing the old ones. I I gave Ben like three and a half minutes of Calvin and I rambling. Yeah, Yeah. I used used a new one with new footage last week. You know, uh, Lonely Island, the No Homo song, does have its own shorter No Homo bumper. So... (laughs) We need a no homo uh, Okay, yes. so next time Dan's on, and if, if I can, if I just jump really quick, I have a DVD. Please, please buy that. Go buy it. Yeah, do that. <laughs> that helps. All right, <laughs> helps. If you want to follow Ben on Twitter and hear about his magical adventures, the Swagtacular <laughs> adventures. What do you, how can you follow him on the Twitter? <laughs> That's what you, you mean. Can, you yeah, can go to today. That was the highlight of my Twitter adventure. My spaghetti swag, swag. <laughs> Um, My spaghetti. Um, you go to Wegmans and you're like, I can only afford one box of Wegmans spaghetti, but it's so good. I spent all my money on the swag tastic glasses. Swag hashtag. Yeah. Oh my god. Speaking of which, did you guys see that gif of like me at Blip Festival? Yes. Of, like, shades. Oh my god. Anyway, twittercom Carrigan B E N C A R I G N A N. That's slash spaghetti. I swear to God, it's slash, slash spaghetti. Slash. Spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti. If you want to follow Derek Alexander on Twitter. Mm-hmm. This is Derek Alexander. Also, oh. check out Starship Amazing has a Twitter as well. Yes. And I'm on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Starship Amazing and Facebook.com slash Happy Video Game Nerd. If you want to talk to Liz, send an email to podcast at fangamer.com. Has to be about Lady Gaga, though. No. Or Lonely Island. Or Lonely Island. If you want to talk about your turtleneck so thick and your chain so thin and your light beer, that's Lonely Island. (laughs) Uh, Turtleneck and chain. If you want to follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Atacron, A-T-I-C-R-O-N. Let's see. We'd appreciate some more iTunes reviews. Thank you, Holy Zion, who may be Brian or maybe not. We'd like that. Uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail and be our first voicemail listener or sound off about... How you feel about Paper Mario in a give voicemail us to us. Word. Give us your, yeah. your Kevin's final word. 503-446-2278. That's 503-446-CAST. If you, um, put a, if you say something and give us your permission, we could put it on the podcast. And it could be like you have your very own segment. Basically. Even if yeah. you don't give us your permission, we're, we're probably If you call us, we're assuming you give us permission to put on the cast. So That's if you, Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, side note. Consider that. We'll, we'll deepen the voice and then blur out your face, which we won't have your face, but we won't we'll have your face. Um, let's see. So, things to talk about here to close up the show. Next week's show, we are going to do our May video game news wrap up. I think it went pretty well last time we did the news show, so we're going to do another one. Uh, the Fan Fest is coming up. Mm-hmm. Sometime June third, Super Mario yes. RPG. So now that everyone's played Paper Mario, I think it'll be interesting to do some compare and oh, contrast good. at some Mario point. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Closing out this week's show of the Fan Gamer Podcast is Garrett Rosa. Thank you for listening. Adios. Okay. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.